Hey friends, welcome to Because She Chose. If you're a busy mom desiring consistency and growth in your relationship with God, this podcast is for you. I'm your host, Camille McIntyre. In this show, we'll discover practical tips, find helpful resources, and interview amazing women as they share their stories on growing in their relationship with God. Thanks for joining in and listening. Welcome to Because She Chose. This is the podcast for busy mamas, overwhelmed women, all of the above. And that's with me, Camille McIntyre, your host. I'm just introing this little segment. My husband and I decided that we were going to discuss with our congregation what Ephesians 5 really looks like. If you don't know what it's about, listen, you need to go and really read it. Because I came from a background where my parents instilled in their daughters that we were to stand on our own two feet and we were to be submitted to no one. And let me tell you, it was hard, hard hitting reading through these verses for the first time. I was really like, really, God, you've got to be kidding me. So let me just read to you some of Ephesians 5. It says, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, for love means more than this. Wives, it means to submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For as a husband is the head of the wife and is the head of the church, Christ is. He is the savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. Ouch. But it talks a lot about husbands as well and what that means to love your wives as Christ loved the church in this little 14, 15 minute segment of where I'm talking about what it looks like for me to be submitted to my husband, it was hard. It was hard to talk about, but I had three major problems with this verse. First, there's this premise that wives should just submit. I felt like submission meant control, but I began to understand more. And you'll hear it when I talk about it a little bit more. It's a little funny. It's a little hard hitting, but let me tell you, you will see what God is speaking to you. If you're a wife and your husband is a godly man and you are struggling in this area, listen, believe me, that second thing that really hit me was that wives should submit as to the Lord. I didn't know what that looked like. We unpacked that a little bit in our conversation, my husband and I. And the third thing that really did grieve me the most was how harmful I believe this verse might be as a woman speaking the truth, the gospel message to other women. Because unbelieving people do not believe this way. What do we live? We live in this world that is a very feminist mindset, and that's just antithetical to what the feminist movement believes. So listen in on this, and I'll catch up with you on the other side. Let me just say one thing. Let's just take a deep breath, because women, all of you in the room right now, you're like, what is she going to say? Let's just take a deep breath. And then let it out slowly. Because let me tell you, this word submission, I do not like it. For anyone who knows me, knows me well, that I am a pretty strong person. I'm very opinionated. You may not know that. You, may not, you don't know me you know, very well. But I am pretty strong. I know, when I think I know something, darn it, I know it. And you're not going to change my mind about it. So... Am I hearing snickering? Did I just hear a snicker? Oh. <laughs> okay, good. Anyway, I was just thinking about how our roles as women are so looked upon by the world right now as less than. I don't know if you realize that. Do you feel that? Mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes women, they talk about the glass ceiling, right? They talk about women, you know, you're never going to achieve what a man can. 
And that's so wrong. There's such a bad mindset when it comes to that. And I was thinking about the term submission, what Tim just said. It is something that a wife, a woman, should be happy to do. And we don't. Is there any reason why? Do you guys have any idea why most women would not want to use the word submit in their life? Any ideas come to your mind? They're less than? That's right. What constantly pops into my mind is control. Control, right? And that isn't what it's meant to mean. Okay, so a wife's biblical submission should be a wife's happy response to her husband's what? Biblical leadership. That's what my husband is trying to establish today when he goes on and talks about what a husband's role is. Paul here is actually saying that marriage is like Christ in the church, right? He's talking about that wives submit to one another in the fear. We're supposed to be submitting to one another in the fear of God. So that's really what it says. He just read that, one another first. And then it says wives submit. So a lot of times, a lot of people want to just jump on wives submit. No, no. It says first submit to one another in the fear of God. So I want to go back to Genesis 2.18 because a lot of times we don't know our roles as a woman, right? I've, I've preached this before. about It says the Lord God said it is not good that man should be alone. He will make him a helper comparable to him. And I love the word helper. I'm always talking about it. It's essentially saying that we need mutual support because we are weak by ourselves on our own. Each of us. It's not just women need strength. Men need strength too. Why did God create a helper for him? wasn't just that he was lonely. He, he was not good to be alone. So in the Garden of Eden, right, it says, God looked at him and said, he's unhappy. He's alone. And even though he was walking with God in the cool of the day, it says, how could man, how could Adam have been alone or felt lonely when he had God himself with him? <coughs> God actually said, it is not good for him to be alone. And it says the word, uh, Hebrew word for Ezer, Ezer Konegdo, is helper. And it's used in three ways in the Bible. I love this. Ezra is used for the term for woman, of course, number one. Number two, Ezra is used for nations whom Israel appealed to for military aid. Same word, helper, Ezra Kinegno. And the third is used for God as Israel's own helper. So God is referred to as an Ezra. God's helping Israel is an Ezra, a helper. Do you understand? So we kind of diminish the term helper as if we're second banana. And that's not how it was. It's a lot of times I hear some people say, well, you know, God made man, but he wasn't finished yet, and women completed him. I mean, I don't know if that's something you would agree with, but I like that idea. I like that man was not good to be alone. So people who are happily married, especially living according to the principles of Scripture, should be able to be mutually submitted to one another. I'll tell you something, I don't like the word. I mean, early on in our marriage, I did not do well with it. I fought to the nail to have my way. I was always like, this is how it should be. And the poor guy was like, okay, honey. And we would fight, and we would fight until I finally understood what this meant, that I'm not second banana. I'm not less than. I'm equal to. We're the same. We're, we're made in the image of God, both of us, right? So I was reading through some of the scriptures. I'm going to give them to you. We didn't put them in the notes. But it says, wife should submit to her husband because God has placed the husband in a role of authority in his, over his wife. Right? The head clearly represents authority over. It, it's clear. Listen, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I'm like, why, God? Why would this be? But I loved the idea of that although he is authority, 
He is not the source. God is the source. So ultimately, when I, I respond in submission to my husband, I am submitting to God first. So I'm like, all right, I'll give you an example. If Tim and I disagree on something, especially with my daughter when she was going to school, well, you've got, you guys have heard that story. She was going to college. I felt that my daughter needed to go to a specific college. It was very expensive. Tim was on the fence. He did not like the idea of her going. It was very, very expensive. He was like, how are we going to do that? I just felt in my spirit that God was saying, this is the place that she's supposed to go to, that he was going to provide. And we prayed about it, and he said there were some stipulations. And the stipulations came to me. He was like, well, we have to be able to get finances, finances for it. And God opened a way. And it was hard. And we fought, I'm telling you, we fought about it. But ultimately, we both came to a conclusion that, you know, yeah, God was saying that. So submission does not imply, like, that inferiority. Christ is equal in status, right, to the Father. He's equal to the Father. And he willingly submits himself to the Father's will. Jesus walked around and said, I don't do anything on this earth unless God the Father shows me and I'm going to do that. So there's even a hierarchy there in, in, the, in the triune God. God the Father, God, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, right? So in the same way, women are equal in value and worth. We're just as worthy as men. But based on God's design, men and women assume different roles in the marriage relationship, right? We have different roles. I thought the thing was that men, if they're doing what's right, if my husband is doing what's right, in that moment with my daughter, I was, I was worried. I was anxious. I was fearful because I said, Lord, I know what you're saying. Helped him to see it too. And in that moment, it's not like he gave in and said, all right, you can have your way, woman. He was like, no, I, I think that that's, this is what God is saying. And today, of course, everyone, he's always preaching about my daughter and how God has blessed her in her line of work. So I won't lie again. I, I hate that word. Submission gets under my skin. It makes, makes me think about a man pointing at a woman's face and being like, submit, woman. You know, and I don't, I don't like it. But that's not what it means. If the man is loving towards his wife, I am more than willing, more than willing to say, okay, honey, it's not like, oh, I, I give in. No, I am praying and believing that God is speaking to my husband, and I'm going to put my faith not in my husband, I have to tell you. My faith is not in him. A lot of times I'm like, oh, maybe he might make, make a mistake. My faith is in the Lord. So if my husband makes a mistake, I'm like, okay, God, we need a course correction. Help us to know and to understand where to, in what direction to go in. So I was reading about Stanford research about how men and women are wired, and it talks about, yeah, what is that book? Men are from Venus, right? Women are from Mars, something like that. It is really true because women have a stronger, more vivid memory. We actually have emotional events like dreams. Like I, I talk to my husband about my dreams. He's like, how do you dream so vividly? It's actually, Stanford Research has said that we recall emotional memories more quickly and we are able to have like this recall that's richer and it's more intense than men. It also says that the two hemispheres of a woman's brain, they talk to each other more than a man's do. Sorry, guys. It says the research shows that, male, know that. <laughs> male and female brain differences translate into behavioral differences. And then you add into the mix things like hormones, testosterone, estrogen, and that combines into a lot of different things. Right? And those differences, it even says psychology shows that men tend to be more assertive right, and aggressive. And women show higher levels of what? Agreeableness, emotional intelligence, like we smile more. Gotta tell you, a lot of times women are smiling more than guys. My husband, my poor husband, everybody's like, when they first meet him, like, he's a scary guy. Because he doesn't really smile a lot. But when you get to know him, you're like, oh, okay, he's, he's a really great guy. Um, but we show more empathy. We're nurturers, right? We're caregivers. 
Women are also known to be warmer, friendlier, and more anxious and sensitive to their feelings. So with all of that in mind, I want you to try to imagine how men and women see submission very, very differently. Through that lens of, we're just different. We see things differently. So I also think that sometimes men can think that submission is a means to an end, like a framework, that it works really well. Keep my wife, you know, what is it, Peter, Peter, pumpkin eater? How do I, I couldn't keep her? Uh, I mean, I, I think sometimes men can be that, especially old, older men. The men from the millennials are, are I think, different. They're, they're kind of evolving in their, their understanding because it's a mutual thing. I think about that classic bumper sticker that says, today's society says, question authority, question everything, right? So that's the world that we're living in today. And this biblical headship goes completely against what the world is teaching today, completely against. And we're like, you know, feminism and, you know, go women, who rules the world, girls rule the world. Um, no, we don't. Because that's not the way God intended it to be. So here's the point. Submission is not a female virtue only. It's a Christian virtue. Mm-hmm. All of us. It's letting God take center stage. And then we can't misinterpret what the Bible teaches that only women have to submit. In reality, it's a much more comprehensive view of the word. And I love verse 24 because it says the word therefore. Right, Maria? Maria teaches this well with to our ladies. When there is a word that kind of stops you and says, take note. Why is it saying therefore? It's saying that the church, therefore, the church is subject to Christ. So let the wives be to their own husbands submitted in everything. So what it's saying, look at that therefore and say, go back and read the prerequisites that lead to wives being able to submit to their own husbands. So what does a husband's leadership actually look like? It's when he takes the initiative. When my husband, let me tell you, my love language is acts of service, right? When my husband decides to do something for me or takes the initiative to do something for me, I'm like, Ooh. my love tank is full, and I'm like, okay, I'll make you that dinner. I'll, you know, let's go do something nice. I want to do for him. So when he takes the initiative to say even, let's pray together, let's do devotions together, let's take a look at our finances together. But it's a, a word that is not used a lot of times in men's vocabulary, let's. Start to use that word. Let's, hey, honey, let's do this instead of we're going to do this. Because what, what does that do to you, ladies? When you're given a command, as if like you're in the military, do you want to respond to that? Do you want to obey that? I know I don't. I'm like, did you just tell me something like to do? No. But if you're asking, saying, honey, I want to lead you. That's what leadership is. I want to lead you. I want to guide you. There's a difference to that. So I love the idea of when Tim was, was with our kids when they were little, and he would discipline them. <laughs> He disciplined them in a way, in a godly way, not in in anger. He took the initiative. He led by example in that area. So, so many times, so many marriages don't work well because they don't understand what this looks like. Godly leadership and headship. So the head is the husband, and he should be taking that initiative, okay? And um, I think about the football team. That's the last thing I want to say. (laughs) I was looking up football. Now, I am not a sports person. I don't really like sports that much. But I'll watch the Super Bowl with my family, right? And I think about the football team. On a football team or any team, there's always a leader, if you understand, right? So there's that group of players. There's the head coach. There's the coordinators. They're the ones that put together the plays, right? So there is like the synergy where the coach tells the quarterback what to do, what plays to run, right? The quarterback doesn't run everything. He doesn't make his own decisions in that moment. It's He's listening on his headset to what the coach is saying. But even the coach 
has plays that were put together by coordinators. There's a it's a team effort, right? And then there's that, what is the guy called? It snaps the ball? Center. Oh, he's the center. <laughs> the, guy, the guy that snaps the ball, he's in the middle, he's on the offensive line, he snaps the ball to the quarterback, right? And the quarterback obeys the coach by throwing the ball wherever he says to go. So I see men in the headship as that quarterback. God is the coach. Do you understand? And there's the triune God with the coordinators with the plays. So if you think about the football, whatever situation you're talking about in your life, whether it's your finances, whether it's your family, maybe, you know, Vinny's got a business, and you want to discuss things as a team, as, as a couple, what do you do? Here's the ball. This is our business, honey. We need to pray about this business, right? We need to ask God, the coach, what we're going to do, how we're going to go about doing this business. And then, and what happens? The coach is now, okay, here's the play, quarterback. This is how you're going to run it. And then what happens? The center snaps the ball back to him, and he throws. And who's receiving it? The people. Like, I'll, I'll even give the example of, the, of us, the church. What are we doing right now? Your quarterback right now has been listening to his coach, and the coach is saying, you need to fast. You need to pray. You need to get together. You need to seek me and my face for the future of Oasis, right? So we want to take that ball and say, Lord, whatever it looks like, we will receive that ball as the quarterback, our pastor, throws the ball, whatever play it looks like that God is telling him. So that is like a team effort, but you have to understand that I'm always looking at my husband as the quarterback. I'm like, honey, what are we going to do? I may have the answers. There's a lot of times I'm prophetic and God, God will tell me something and say, this is what's going to happen. And I'm quiet and I'll just pray about it. I don't tell the quarterback, this is what's going to happen. You know what? You're going to do this. It's my job to carry the ball and to listen to the coach and to say, quarterback, throw it. Throw it. Amen? So I hope that this helped you. Tell me. Do you struggle in your marriage? Are you struggling with the idea that I have to submit to my husband as to the Lord? Because honestly, it's not natural to us. Believe me, I know. I am a very strong, independent, Puerto Rican woman who knows her own mind. And it's hard for me every single time that I am posed a question by my husband. If I disagree, there are moments where I'm like, you know what? I just disagree, and we're going to have to agree to disagree. But sometimes that doesn't work. That's why this is in scripture. This is why it's so important to understand that this is about the gospel message. One time it actually repulsed me to think that I had to submit to a man. He might be wrong. But one thing I said in the message was, yeah, sometimes he's going to be wrong. But that's when I am on my knees praying and asking God, please course correct my husband. And time and time again, he has done that. He's shown his faithfulness to me time and again, even when things seem like they're out of control. What I ultimately started to realize is that my marriage is not really about me and my husband. It's not this romantic idea of like Romeo and Juliet and we're like these actors playing in a role in a movie. It's that our marriage is about reflecting Jesus and his church. And now it convicts me and calls me toward loving Jesus and that my husband, who I love him very much, he might be wrong at times, Jesus is really my true husband who satisfies my every need, even when my husband cannot. And the one person, yes, I say person, even though he is God, God in the flesh, he's the one who ultimately deserves my submission. So as I submit to Christ, 
I will submit to my husband. I hope this has helped you a little bit. If you have any other questions on this, please feel free to DM me. You can see me on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. You can DM me anywhere. I would love to pray for you and your marriage. I'm blessing you in the name of Jesus. Thanks so much for joining me today on this episode of Because She Chose. I hope you found some encouragement and help to find time to grow in your faith. Let me know if today's episode resonated with you and send me a message on Instagram at Camille underscore McIntyre or at Because She Chose, also on my Facebook business page, Camille McIntyre. If you are loving what you are hearing, make sure to follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode and leave me a review and rating. Until next time, take care.